In the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear sisters and brothers in Christ, rejoice, the day of Pentecost has arrived. The longed-for and much-anticipated Holy Spirit is with us. The disciples, of course, had no idea that this day would be Pentecost, that this day would again change the course of their lives forever and give them the power and courage and vision to do things they would never have thought able. They certainly knew something was going to happen, because their friend Jesus had said so. Something about an advocate, a helper who was coming, that would be like rivers of living water. And hadn't that prophet John the Baptist talked about someone baptising with the Holy Spirit and fire? Jesus had said to them that he wouldn't leave them orphaned, but since the events of the Ascension, he seemed to have left them alone again, this time permanently what to do. The disciples met together as usual in the upper room and they must have mulled these things over. But suddenly their prayer and ruminations were abruptly and violently interrupted by the tremendous frightening sound of rushing winds surrounding them. Then out of that wind came fire which didn't destroy or burn or hurt but came in the form of tongues of flame that rested upon each of them. Suddenly, the disciples were able to speak in tongues previously unknown to them, which enabled them to be heard by Jews from every nation of the diaspora who happened to be in Jerusalem that day in the crowd that had gathered outside their house. Naturally, the crowd was bewildered by these strange happenings, Weren't these people ordinary people, not much education, no one in particular sort of people? What was happening? Well, of course, some in the crowd began to say rather dismissively that the only explanation was that the disciples must be drunk. But drunkenness doesn't usually make people immediately coherent in foreign languages they have never learned. Others were more circumspect, and wondered what it all meant. But without a doubt, all were amazed and perplexed. And then something more amazing happened. Peter, yes, Peter, that disciple who had a reputation for saying all the wrong words at all the wrong times, particularly when it had really mattered in that incident before Jesus' trial at the courtyard gates, where he hadn't been able to speak much at all, just mumbling something about not knowing Jesus. Well, this Peter got up to speak. He needed to address the crowd to stop the speculation about what might have happened. And for once, the words came out right. The Holy Spirit had given him the gift of proclamation And in his first sermon, Peter bore witness to his faith in the crucified and risen Christ. The Holy Spirit is the love relationship between the Father and the Son. At his death, Jesus handed back his spirit to the Father, so that at Pentecost, 
that same spirit could be given to all people. By faith, we are enfolded within this love. One way of understanding the spirit is that she creates diversity and then brings those diverse things together by connecting them. Think of the spirit hovering over the waters in Genesis and how everything in this universe was created. Think of how much diversity there is, thousands of species of life, the immensity of the universe, peoples of different races, nationalities, cultures, languages. The Spirit brings all these together within the love of God so that we can see God working through them and in them. The Holy Spirit is not elusive. The experience of the Spirit is not just reserved for our more charismatic brothers and sisters, but is something that we all have access to. We are all baptised with the Holy Spirit. Baptism and Pentecost are not one-off events, but the Spirit we receive then is for every day. One programme on television you may have been watching is Grayson's Art Club. This has been especially commissioned for lockdown to encourage us to express ourselves using art. The general public are invited to send in their own pieces of art on a specific theme each week and some are chosen for a public exhibition once things get back to normal. Themes have ranged from pets to fantasy to home. The quality of the art people are producing is fantastic. There's an awful lot of talent out there. As you would expect, people's perspectives on the theme are quite different, as are the media. There are collages, pastels, 3D models, a huge range of creativity. And we, the TV-watching public, can identify with this art. There is a common experience there. There is something about creativity, the unconscious flow of the act of making art and the way in which the art provokes a response in us, connecting us with something other and bringing diverse people together that speaks of the work of the Holy Spirit. An analogy of the Spirit at work is our own river here in Winchester, the River Itchin. There is something magical about its crystal clear water, the rapid flow of the current that speaks of cleansing or purifying, but also of love. There are many biblical images of flowing water associated with life the Spirit brings. How many of you contemplate such things as you walk by the weirs or through Abbey Gardens? Do you long to put a hand in the water dabble a foot or even stand in the water. Perhaps we would risk getting swept away in its brisk flow, but that is what the spirit is like. Cleansing, purifying, risky, energising. And in a heartwarming story, a mother who would usually visit her eight-year-old son's memorial bench in Scarborough put out an appeal on social media for someone to go when she couldn't due to the restrictions on travelling by public transport. The mum was hoping one person might be able to sit on the bench for her for a moment, but what happened was that the bench got covered with bunches of flowers. 
Here the Holy Spirit is at work, turning a mother's grief into joy by the kind and thoughtful actions of strangers. So 